0: Let's read the Bible. Uh, We're going to turn to Exodus. Exodus chapter 25. And we're going to read that together. I say together. I'm going to read it to you. Exodus 25. Starting at uh, the first verse. And then the Lord said to Moses... Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined, fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, goat skins, acacia, catcher, acacia, acacia, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and stones for setting for the ephod and for the breastpiece. And let them, and this is the key verse for this morning, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I know some people are like, what's that little thing we just repeated there? Well, we're an Anglican church, and sometimes we have liturgy. If you want to find out why I include some liturgy in our services, sign yourself up to a vision lunch coming up, and I'll give you more info there. Let's pray real quick. Lord God, thank you for our time together, and I pray that you continue to be with us by your Spirit. As we unpack these verses. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're kicking off a new series, um, a new series of talks called Presence. What we're gonna do is we're gonna track through the Bible and looking at how God was has been present with his people throughout history. And the reason I wanted to do this, this series um, now is that I've come to realize in my own life, and you might, you might recognize this in your own life, is that however hard I might try and however much stuff I try and put into my life, however much self-care or people that I surround myself with, However, however hard I try to do that to, to, in order to stay positive throughout life or to keep persevering or to feel secure and to live at peace and to live with joy, nothing brings hope and strength to my life like spending time in the presence of God. I hope that as we then journey through this, this series together, that we'll become more and more aware of God's presence in our lives, more aware of his desire to fill us with his, with his presence. And his presence brings freedom and life and joy. So here's a little quick overview of where we're going uh, in this series. Today we're gonna look at how God was present in a particular place. God was present in the garden when he created the world, and then he's present in what we just read: this this, this tabernacle, which was a tent. And and then God was. It eventually became this temple, God's presence in a specific place. And in week two, we're going to look at how God is present um, and how He fills people at at a particular moment for a specific time for a specific purpose. Week three is the pinnacle. This is where this is where God is present in the world through the person of Jesus Christ. Week four actually lands on Pentecost. And so we're going to look at how God's presence is poured out to all people, for all people to know and experience his presence by, when he pours out his spirit uh, on the day of Pentecost. And then we're going to conclude our series together by looking at how God is present through us. God's presence in the world is through us, those of us who know him and who've been filled with his spirit and with his presence. That's God present through his people. And so we're going to pick up the first one together today by looking at God's presence in a particular place. I'm, I'm one of those weird types of people. I'm, I'm sort of borderline introvert, extrovert. I, I, it's hard to tell which one I am at, at times. Um, I'll re, I recharge on my own. So maybe that's the introvertedness. I, I do need to go away on my own to recharge but I really, really like being around people. I really like being around people. In the the office next door, we call it Bay Central because we're cool. Um, But I do this this, um, uh, look around the office whenever I... I, I I don't often take lunch with me. And so when it comes to lunchtime, I need to pop out to the shops to get my lunch. And so I do this sort of look around the office. Who else hasn't got lunch? Who wants to walk with me to Tesco? Who wants to walk with me and get, get some lunch? Um, I, sometimes I've made up excuses. I'll say to Gareth, Gareth, should we, should we talk about groups or something with the church via Tesco? So that, just, just basically, just so that I can uh, go with someone and be with someone. If, if, if I can't find anyone to go to lunch with me, I won't get lunch. That's how much I want to be around people. <laughs> and um, and uh, one of these, uh, there's this phrase that I'm particularly known for now in many offices that I've worked in. When I just stand up and I just call it as it is, I say, Who wants friendship? Who wants friendship? Let's go. Let's go. I deeply value the presence of people around me. I find it comforting and I find it life giving. And if you would call yourself a Christian, if you're here today and you know God and you know Jesus, you you have this incredible truth. You know this incredible truth that actually God is always present with you. And more comforting, more life-giving than someone walking with me to Greg's to pick up some donuts. More comforting, more life-giving than that is the presence of God in every moment of your life. As I said a moment ago, however hard I try sometimes in my life to to surround myself with people or to put in all these rhythms and routines in order that I might live life positively and peaceful and and joyful, it's actually the presence of God in my life that brings the deepest joy and the deepest peace and the deepest strength. The passage we read from in Exodus uh, 25 is God directing Moses. He's saying, I want, I want to be present with you, and here's how we're going to do it. And then later on, after, in chapter 33 of the same, of the same book, God, is, God gives Moses this promise, and he says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses clearly understood the importance of God's presence, because Moses responds, if your presence doesn't go with us, then do not not send us from this place. Essentially, Moses is saying, well, that's great, God, that we've got your presence because we don't want to do anything without it. Psalm 91 says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God's presence is everything. If you're looking for peace in your life, if you're looking for freedom, if you're looking to find fulfillment, if you're looking to live with joy, those things aren't going to come through, through something that you can buy, something that you can subscribe to, some, some person that's going to come along or some plan that's going to pan out in your life. Those things are going to come by knowing and experiencing the presence of God in every moment of your life. So let's unpack this together. We're looking at God's presence throughout history God creates the world and then chooses to be present in the garden with Adam and Eve, in that garden of Eden. But if you know the story, humanity sins against God, and that creates this barrier between God and his people. God is is holy and so can't quite be with his people in the same way anymore. But as we read in Exodus 25, God has a plan. Verse 8, let them make me a sanctuary That I may dwell in their midst. And so the first thing I want to highlight from this passage here is that it's God's desire to be with us. God longs to be near you, to be present in your life. That's God's desire. Before moving to the Bay, I used to work for a church in Portsmouth called Harbour Church. And the staff team there, it was, it was quite a big staff team um, with clergy and staff and interns. There was roughly around 30 people of us. Um, and, and someone told me that there was this rumor about me and the way I was. Um, a rumor which in my mind was unfair and an untrue rumor. But the rumor, the rumor goes, or the understanding goes, that... Um, you didn't know whether I liked you unless I named our friendship, unless I said we're friends. What a lovely thing to be known for. Essentially, I think what happened is uh, there was a couple people who I was maybe with at the time, and I just said, hey, I really like being your friend, or hey, we're friends. You're brilliant, Which which then grew into Matt's not your friend until he says you are. Totally unfair. I found out recently that someone who's actually moved with us from Portsmouth, and I won't name names, but if you're in the know, you you can figure this one out, Um, who moved with us from Portsmouth to help plant this church, and for three years they didn't think I liked them. This person, this person agreed to move to Torbay with us, asked me to take their wedding... All while they didn't think I liked them, (laughs) there are those, (laughs) a a terrible thing to be known for, and it's totally untrue. And so this morning, I can say to all of you, friends, 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 (laughs) (laughs) but there are those who I think have have this sort of relationship with God, who think God isn't interested in me, or if God was real, he wouldn't like me. He wouldn't like me. I know a lot of people in, in that situation. If, if God, God likes other people, sure, I can understand he loves other people, but he doesn't love me. Others I know who, who do believe that God is real, but their experience of God is one of distance. They might see other people experiencing God in, 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 in a great way and experiencing all the love and peace and the joy that God offers, but their experience is totally the opposite because it couldn't possibly be for them. God doesn't want to give them peace. God doesn't want them to experience his love. That's for other people. And then perhaps there are those of us who feel like, no, I, I want to be loved by God. I want to know God. So I'm going to try really, really hard to, to, to win God's approval, to do things that would please God, because God must be angry. And so let's try and make God happy with us. Let's try and make God like us. So often God is seen as something distant, distant. Uh, disinterested perhaps in us, angry or cross. But this book here, this, this, this Bible is full of stories of quite the opposite. This, this book is full of stories of God pursuing his creation, pursuing his people, wanting them to know and experience his love, wanting them to find freedom in all that he has to offer. And that's true today. God is longing to be with you. God loves you. God's desire and heart is that you would know and experience his presence in your life, that you would experience his great love for you. That's God's desire for you. That's God's desire. But not only does God have a desire to meet with us, but God comes up with a plan. That's God's design. You and I don't have to come up with anything clever. We don't need to try harder. We don't even try and need to earn it. And we don't have to come up with a plan by ourselves because God himself makes a way to be with us. I am humble moment. I am brilliant at following a plan. Tell me what to do and I will do it. And I'll do it really, really well. I'm great at following plans. I'm not very good at coming up with a plan. That's true of our marriage as well. We've had some friends visiting um, and when we saw them on Friday, they had brought with them some gifts for our boys. Lego. Come on. I love Lego. I love getting the box open, opening up the instructions, getting the pieces out, get everything ready, looking up at the instructions and following the plan. I love following the plan of Lego. I asked Fiona if she would pop to Sainsbury's. because I was missing out. I said, can you get me some Lego? And she said, no, but that's okay. I love following a plan. Fiona, my wife, is great at coming up with plans. We have Fridays off together as a family. We call it Family Fun Friday. And um, we, have a great, we have great fun. We have, it's always fun because Fiona comes up with a plan for our Family Fun Friday. Well, it, it's almost always fun because sometimes I'm in charge of coming up with a plan for Family Fun Friday. Um, I'm more of a wing it kind of person. Let's wing it. Let's just see what happens. Sometimes it pays off. Most often it doesn't. I'm so grateful then that I don't need to come up with a plan to try and meet the deepest desires of my heart, to try and meet my deepest need, which is to know God. I'm so grateful that God has designed a plan. God designed the solution. God says to Moses, let them make me a sanctuary. Um, I can't be with you like it was before. So you're going to build this ark and this ark, I'm going to, my presence is going to be there. It's going to go in this tent. Later, later down, line, hundreds of years down the line, it's going to go in, in this temple. The next five chapters where we, of what we read are God's intricate details for how he's designed this ark and this tent and all the things that surround it. God's perfect design for this. And not to ruin the next few weeks for you, spoiler alert, but God's no longer confined to just one place anymore. This, this particular place, this ark, this, this tent, God's not confined to that anymore. The new place where God wants to dwell is in your life. God's plan, God's plan to be with us was so much greater than this box, this sanctuary that he was going to be in. But God's ultimate plan was to send his son Jesus into the world, to redeem the world and to restore the world through his death and resurrection. God's design and desire from the beginning of creation was that that we would be with him. We would know him. And through the cross and the death of of Jesus and his his resurrection, God's design to be with his creation was restored. It's God who makes a way. It's God who removes the fear that we might have where we might feel like God's not going to show up in our lives because we're not worthy. We haven't earned it. God removes that fear. He says, I want to be with you. And God removes the pressure, saying, I've come up with the solution. I've come up with the plan. Don't feel the responsibility and the weight and, and the burden of that. I've taken that from you. I've come up with the plan. That's God's desire, God's design. But then there's our decision. Our decision. What's our response to that? I find it so interesting how this verse started. It's, it's God." asking for a contribution from everyone. Gold, silver, bronze, all these materials, all these things that are going to make the thing. God wanted to be with his people, and so it was their offering, their, their offering that was going to create that space. It was going to make room for God to dwell. God wasn't just going to charge in and be, and be present, but God gave them a decision to make. Are you going to create this space for me to dwell they were building a box a place that would literally house the presence of god but i wonder how different it would read today god wants to be present in your life how, how can you create that space how would you create that space that your your heart and your life would be like that box that sanctuary that would welcome in god's presence it's probably not gold and silver that's needed. It's definitely not gold and silver that's needed anymore. Perhaps nowadays it would be more the removal of things, it's the removing of distractions that get in the way, the removing of some ambitions that we might have for our life. Perhaps it's the removal of barriers that, that we hold up that, to try and keep God at arm's distance. What is it? What's going to create that space? Perhaps it's our, the way we spend our time. Perhaps it's the way we spend our money. What, what, what's, what's there that, that God says, if, if, that, if you could move that out of the way, or if you could put this in place in your life, I could come and dwell. Because that's my desire, to be with you. God says, I want to be with you, and I've made it possible. So what's your decision? And whatever our decision, if you decide to allow that space, to allow, to allow your life and to allow your heart to become a place that God's presence might call home, you can totally trust and know that when you ask God to be with you, it's his deep desire to be with you and he will be with you because it's his heart for us. God, the truth of this morning and the truth for every moment of your life is that God is here, God is near, and God wants to meet with you. I've got four really, really close friends who I, who I went to vicar school with. And off the back of um, ordination four, four or five years ago now, we, we made a commitment to each other that we, we, we wanted to encourage each other down for, for the next 40 years or however long we're all in ministry um, we wanted to commit to each other and encourage each other. So we, we meet up every year. Actually, we, we Zoom call each other every two weeks just to check in. But every year we go away for a couple of days just to hang out, to encourage each other. And part of that is we each get a, a, a chance to share what's happened over the last year. We each get a chance to share how, how we're doing and what we're experiencing. And then the others sort of reflect back and challenge or encourage or try and uplift each other. And I, two years ago now, I, I shared how, how my year had been, and it, it had been okay. But one of my friends sort of just clocked, it, noticed something that I had said, and said, "Matt, when was the last time you had experienced God's love for you?" And I said, and then in, in that moment, um, I, I'm quite teary in those those weekends away, and I just started tearing up because it had been a very very long time. A very long time of actually experiencing God's love for me. And I sort of broke down in tears in that moment. Because, and I started saying, why God? Why, why, can, why does everyone else get to experience your love? Why does everyone else get to experience the joy and the blessing? And I was in church leadership <laughs> in that time and helping other people meet with God. And I was like, God, why can't I meet with you? Why can't I know you? And it was in that moment, I, God's presence came and met me and I experienced what I can only describe and it's hard to describe I experienced the kindness of God in that moment that in my moment of deepest desperation to know and experience God's love in my deepest moment of pain and all that I had going on God's kindness poured out in my life and that can be true of you this morning as well Whatever your experience of God, whatever your experience of God, whether you experience him near or whether he does feel distant from you this morning, whatever it is, it doesn't detract from the truth that he wants to meet with you. That will always be true. His desire to know you and to be with you and for you to experience his presence in your life. He's made it possible for you to experience him. And then all that's left then is a decision for for us to make, whether to trust him, whether to open up our hearts, open up our lives to receive that kindness, to receive that love and to receive all that he has for us. Amen.